0: Keep playing, keep working, keep going, and keep moving. With the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health, with an experienced team, and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on, keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. time now for the victory formation sports show right here on 93.9 the ville now here's your host jeff lightsey jr
1: and welcome in everybody welcome in everybody my name is jeff lightsey jr this is The Victory Formation Sports Show right here on 93.9 The Ville. Thank you, thank you, thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to tune in each and every single Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. as we talk all things Louisville Cardinals and whatever comes to this uh, big old brain of mine. So, oh, man, we've got to talk Louisville basketball, Louisville men's basketball. We're going to talk some ladies, going to talk the women's basketball team because they had a good ranked win. But you guys know it was Rivalry Week. It's weird being a Saturday at 10 a.m. and not getting ready for the Louisville-Kentucky game. But ESPN and other cable networks felt like this game was going to be played during uh, drive time. <laughs> going to be played during uh, 6 o'clock on a Thursday, which is a work day and is not, is not a marquee time slot for a home game or a home-and-home home series. This is not like a... This is not like one of those third-party series, like a Champions Classic or Battle for Atlantis. This is Louisville, Kentucky at Louisville in the KFC Yum Center. And what what did ESPN want to do? Well, they wanted to play it on a Thursday at 6 o'clock. So the traffic was horrible. And it was a whole lot of blue in the building because Louisville is having another disappointing season. And this game led to another disappointing result. Kentucky came out. The game was actually fairly close in the first 8 to 10 minutes. And then that last 10 minutes of the first half kind of saw Antonio Reeves just go off for a flurry of buckets. Kentucky took a 20 point halftime lead to finish the game with a 19 point win where they scored 95 points. 95 to 76 was the end score. Uh, I think I saw a tweet where it was like the most points I think ever by a road team in the KFC Yum Center. But actually what took place on the court wasn't even the most disappointing thing of the night. Like obviously it was very disappointing to see Brandon Huntley Hatfield actually have a really good game. And then it seemed like they just stopped giving him the ball come the second half. It was very disappointing to see uh, DJ Wagner and Rob Dillingham and Aaron Bradshaw all have two first half fouls to all play limited minutes of the first half. Brandon Huntley Hatfield to have it going in the first half and to still be down 20 at halftime. It was very disappointing to see, obviously, Coach Kenny Payne, you know, giving his big old grin and laughing and smiling with our arch nemesis, our rival, the guy that we all grew up to hate, which is Coach Calipari. Nonetheless, that was all very disappointing. But the most disappointing thing out of all of this, the most thing, like the thing that makes your insides burn the most if you're a Louisville fan after that Kentucky game had nothing to do with the actual basketball because most of us expected to lose that game. I mean, whether you want to believe it or not, most of us didn't think we were going to win. Vegas had the spread at 13 and a half. A lot of people laughed at that spread and Vegas was wrong. And Vegas was daring you to take Kentucky over and daring you to take Louisville to spread, to cover the spread. And of course, Kentucky won by 19 points. Nonetheless, like I said, the most disappointing part of that game came in the post game comments. If you didn't think Kenny Payne could get any worse (laughs) at the podium, like I've been covering college sports. I know I'm only 28 years old, but I've been covering college basketball for 10 years, college sports for the better part of 10 years since I was a freshman at Western Kentucky university living in Hugh Poland hall. I've been going to college athletic events as a credential member of the media for 10 years. And in these 10 years, I've never seen someone worse at the podium. Like I've never seen someone worse at the podium. Jeff, why is he so bad? Well, you've heard the previous stuff, the tights telling us stuff. We probably should know saying he's still a kid's not in trouble. And in the whole time he's been dismissed. No, no. Despite all of that. We actually had our worst You know, only wanting to beat Kentucky by one point when Cal wants to annihilate him, admitting this publicly. No, even after all of those blunders, those podium blunders by Coach Kenny Payne, he had his worst press conference Thursday night after the Kentucky game. Why, Jeff? How did he have his worst press conference? I would play the sound, but I don't even want to hear it because it just makes me sick. So I'm just going to regurgitate, pause, what he said. At the podium, C.L. Brown, First asked John Calipari. John Calipari came out first to talk. was there. He came out first to talk. C.L. Brown, shout out to C.L. Brown of the Courier-Journal. Before, he couldn't even finish his question. He was asking John Calipari about Kenny Payne. John, I mean, Cal didn't even let C.L. finish the question and went on to lecture us about how Kenny needs more time. In a year from now, Kenny will have this thing rolling the way uh we all want it that's what john is going to say john calipari and kenny are very good friends kenny worked for john for 10 years kenny adores john even though Cal. he knows Cal wants to kill him kenny just wants to beat him by one point just he wants to win but just barely he don't want to embarrass Cal like we would love him to do in like how would want to embarrass him nonetheless kenny comes to the podium cl says hey kenny Cal said you are a year away from getting Louisville the way that the fans and everybody believes that it should be. How would you stack your roster or how long do you think it'll take for you to be able to put your roster in the position to where it measures up to Kentucky? It wasn't those words, but it was around those words. Kenny takes the question and goes, laughs first and says, do you see Kentucky's roster? That roster's full of all Americans. (laughs) Almost like, how dare you ask me if I can get a roster that looks like Kentucky's? (laughs) How dare you ask me at the University of freaking Louisville with athletic budgets in the millions of dollars, the tens, the twenties, the thirties, the fifties, the hundreds of millions of dollars. How dare you ask me how I can get a roster that looks like Kentucky? Because almost like that's impossible to do. He goes on to say, Coach Kenny Payne, goes on. They're talking. You know, questions are being asked. They're like, hey, Kenny, you know, (laughs) we're being patient, buddy. You know what I'm saying? We're being patient. When are we going to see some results? When are we going to be able to be able to compete with a team like Kentucky? Because, granted, Kentucky's the best team we played this year. Texas is cool, but their best win is Louisville. Louisville's bad. Indiana is cool, but they're not, you know, they're cool. They played Kansas hard, but they don't have any impressive wins either, except Louisville, (laughs) and that's not impressive. So when are we, you know, clock's ticking, buddy. You're 9-35 and as a head coach. When are we going to see results instead of just talking about building culture? Because clearly that's not working either with the Kron Davis mess, et cetera, et cetera. So when are we going to be able to see actual tangible results? Well, Kenny goes into this diatribe about the transfer portal, the transfer portal. Yes. Yes. Audience, the transfer portal, you know, the same transfer portal he's used, but almost during that postgame press conference, almost was like he at first he had just now discovered it. He talks about how this offseason, this offseason, not during this season, because you can't get transfers during the season. Unless you go get him from NBA Africa like you did in, you know Manny and he doesn't play. But that's nonetheless. This offseason, how he plans on going to get three and four and five-year-older veteran transfers. Hmm. The thing that bothers me about that is, hmm, where was that energy last offseason? <laughs> like you brought in transfers last offseason. Sky Clark. Trey White, those are transfers. You brought them in last offseason. You had four other roster spots that was occupied by Curtis Williams, Caleb Glenn, Tyler Johnson, and Dennis Evans that you could have used to fill transfers. You actually currently have a roster spot or two scholarships left that could have been occupied by transfers. Hell, even if you go back to year one of Kenny Payne, he brought in a transfer, Brandon Huntley Hatfield. Transfer from Tennessee. The problem is, Kenny made it seem like he just, I I saw Mark in his tweet. He was, you know, tweeting with Cal Tucker that covers Kentucky for the Athletic. And he was like, Cal, you sat right next to me when Kenny first discovered the transfer portal. Because it was during these, you know, during this press conference when he said this. But my thing is like, no, Mark, he actually didn't just discover the transfer portal because, like I said, he brought in Brandon Huntley-Hatfield. What he did seem to kind of allude that he just discovered is that you can bring in all transfers. Like you can bring in grad transfers and transfers that played more than one year of college basketball. Because he's brought in transfers. These guys are just young. You brought in Brandon Huntley-Hatfield after one year of not playing at Tennessee as a sophomore. You bring in Scott Clark after one year of not playing at Illinois, played like eight games as a sophomore. You bring in Trey White, who did play at USC, but once again, it's just a sophomore. You know that the transfer portal has more than just freaking sophomores in it. You can get a guy who's been in college for three years or four years or five years. Some of these jokers right now playing college basketball have been in six years. Some of them seven years. There are older transfers. There's a guy on Kentucky who just dropped 18 and 12 on us on Thursday. Trey, what's his name? Trey Mitchell? He had 18 points, 12 rebounds, hit, what, three or four threes. He's been in college for five years. He's been at, like, three different schools. West Virginia, I think Texas Tech. Now he's at Kentucky. Though he was available. That's not to say he wouldn't have chose Kentucky over us, but he was available, and there were other guys like him. But the press conference got better, guys. It got better. Because speaking on this same topic, Coach Payne said, you know, when I'm recruiting, when I'm recruiting high school guys, I'm not sure if there are high school guys out there that can come in and contribute to our roster right now. Hmm, Coach Payne. I don't know because I just watched four high school guys across from us on Thursday that if they swap jerseys, they could contribute for us right now. You don't think, I don't know, Reed Shepard could come on to this year's Louisville team and contribute right now? You don't think, I don't know, Rob Dillingham? Could come on this year's Louisville team and contribute right now. You don't think I don't know Aaron Bradshaw could come on this year's Louisville team at seven foot one and contribute right now. You don't think I don't know Milt's own damn grandson, DJ Wagner, could come on this year's Louisville team. Now he had a horrible game, a horrible game against Louisville, but he's still a good player. You check the mock drafts, he's still going first round. You check this season, he's still been SEC freshman of the week three times. You don't think he could come to this Louisville roster and contribute right now? So don't give me that. That's BS, man. That is not, that's that's not going to work. We have eyes. We are a fan base that understands the game of basketball. That is horrible. You can't go up there and tell me that and think that I'm going to believe that crap. There's no way. It's, it's zero. I'm never going to justify that. But guess what, guys? It kept getting better. These, this is all from the same presser. I promise you. I was there. And the thing is, I was listening to these things and I almost couldn't believe what I was hearing. Like, I almost couldn't believe what the hell I was hearing. So it kept getting better. So he keeps talking about recruiting. Coach Payne goes on to say, when I am recruiting transfers, this was the one that just just stabbed me in my heart. Don't stab me in the back because I can't see it. You Because I'm looking right at it. Stab me in my heart and pull it out slowly. Death by a thousand stabs. He goes on to say, when I'm recruiting young men, they're asking, hey, coach, you won four games last year. How can I come there? If there's, he said, there's apprehension. They want to know that they can come here and win more than four games, and I have to fight against that apprehension. And what I'm thinking while I'm listening to him say this is like, hey, Coach, Coach Payne, Kenny, KP, you do realize you were the coach that coached the team that only won four games. Like you do realize. They're asking you that, not because that mess was left for you. No, 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 no. You created that mess you ain't going to sell. Like, that, that's your mess. Hell yeah, you're going to have to coach and recruit against that apprehension. Because you made it. You made it. Louisville has never had a season ever. Y'all keep talking about since the 1940s. That don't count. I don't even know if the basketball was around in 1940. It don't count. Louisville has never had a season where they only had four wins. Hell, Louisville ain't had too many seasons where they only had four wins after 10 games. Four wins after 12 games, 14, 15 games, let alone 12 wins in 32 games. Come on, bro. Come on. That's not good enough. I'm not hearing that. He goes on to say, I promise you this all came from the same presser. It, It sounds crazy, and it almost sounds like there's no way he said all of this in 10 minutes. I promise you, go look it up. Go listen to it. I don't got enough time to play it. Who goes on to say, "This was the one, I think this is the one I heard Steve Rummage go off on Friday. Shout out to Rummage, man, because this is the one that's setting him over. And like I said, I'm listening to these comments, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, am I in the freaking twilight zone? Like, am I not sitting in the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky, in downtown Louisville? Like, am I, am I going crazy right now? He goes on to say, because I, I, I told you I thought I was tripping. When I'm recruiting transfers, remember, because, you know, he just found out that you can get transfers that are older than 19 years old. So when I'm recruiting transfers. I have to keep it quiet, have to keep it on hush, hush. have to keep it quiet, because. If other folks find out who I'm recruiting, if other folks meaning he actually used this term, if the big programs find out who I'm recruiting. They're gonna come through and swap them all up. They're gonna snatch up all the good recruits. They're gonna take them from me. They're gonna debo my recruits. They're gonna treat me like I'm some chump. Like I don't have the same kind of budget that they have. Like I don't have a same type of big ground. Like this these are he didn't use those words, but this is what he said. He said, if I have to keep my recruiting on the hush, because the big time programs, if they find out who I'm recruiting, they'll just come take them from me. You know what that's called, coach? That means you can't recruit. That's what that means. That means you can't recruit. You can't recruit. If you have to, if you're saying that publicly, you're telling me you can't recruit, period. If you're recruiting against the apprehension of 4-28 and that you created and you're recruiting against and you're scared that the quote-unquote big-time programs are going to come through and take your recruits, you can't at Louisville? You're not. We're not talking about Kentucky Wesleyan trying to go out and get a five star or go out and get a transfer portal guy. We're not talking about no disrespecting Scotty D Bellerman, or Murray State, or Moorhead, or Spalding, or JCC. We talking about Louisville? Like, come on, bro. Are you serious? Are you serious? You can't recruit at Louisville? Who is the big-time program? Kentucky? You can't get an athlete like Kentucky gets? This is Louisville, gang. I mean, come on, bro. I don't know if you've been living under a rock, but when you go walk into the facility, this is Louisville. This is three national championships, 21 All-Americans, 77 NBA draft picks, two Hall of Fame head coaches. Louisville, this is us. And you can't walk into a young man's living room talk to his mom, his pops, his grandma, his coach, his AAU coach, his high school coach, his teammates, his cousins, and convince them that Louisville is the best place to coach the unit to play and to get him to the next level and to develop into a young man and to get him to wherever he wants to be in life, that you don't need to freaking be here, period. I'm sorry. That's just the – I mean, if you can't convince a young man that playing in front of 22,000 passionate fans, Passionate fans inside of a city that has over a million people in the metro for an athletic university that has its state of the art facilities, better facilities than some NBA teams, that has passionate fans that support football, basketball, men's and women's when you're winning, baseball, volleyball. I mean, come on, field hockey, soccer. Etc. What, what are we talking about? Like, what, are, what, are, what the heck are we talking about, bro? Like, what are we talking about? That, that, like, that'll never be okay with me. Like, that'll never be okay with me. And if that's okay with you, shame on you. If you think those comments are acceptable, because you know who wouldn't say that? The freaking coach at a school with a budget half of Louisville's at, like, Western Kentucky. Shout out to my alma mater, WKU. Lighting it on fire, 10-3. Their best start since 2004, I think. Shout out to the Hilltoppers. Toastery Bowl winners on football, by the way. Came back from down 28-0. Shout out to the Hilltoppers. I had to throw that in there. But those guys, with those budgets and those athletic facilities, which aren't the standard of Louisville, with those, with that fan base, And that, those resources wouldn't go up to a podium and say that. Because even they know better than that, man. They know better than that. Told you I've been doing this for 10 years. 10 years, I've never seen someone worse at the podium. Ever. Ever. In a decade. It's a long time. It's a lot of coaches. It's a lot of interviews. This is horrible, man. This is not good. This is not good, man. I'm not even going to pretend like it is because the on the court stuff is one thing. And I think you can say there are some improvements, but the mentality is a totally different thing. And you can't change someone's mentality. Not a grown man. You can maybe change an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old, a 20, 21, 22, 23-year-old. Kenny Payne is 50-something years old. His mentality is what it is, and that mentality, it's not gonna cut it at Louisville. It's not as the head basketball coach at the University of Louisville, that mentality is not going to cut it. Not having the confidence of the University of Louisville going across your, your pullover, or your, you know what I'm saying, or your lapel pin walking to somebody's living room thinking that this recruit is mine. That this game is mine, that I'm going to destroy my opponent. I don't give a damn if it's John Calipari. That's not going to cut it. It's not. It's just not. Because that mentality, like, that doesn't get better over the course of a month or two or three. Meaning that, that, We're in December. That just doesn't automatically get better in January. You turn over to New Year. Happy New Year, 2024. That don't just get better. You don't flip a switch, and that gets there. You see, because teams take the identity of their coach. Teams in sports, teams take the identity of their coach. Think about coaches and the identity of their team. If we just use basketball, college basketball, we can use the cats from up the street, UK. John Calipari is flashy. He has silk hair. He's a smooth talker. You know what I'm saying? He's a yeller. He's a screamer. And guess what? His teams are typically very, very clean, very, very athletic, and very, very fast up and down and smooth. Rob Dillingham, windmilling, smooth, getting buckets. If we're sticking with football, we're going to football. Jeff Brom is hard-nosed, tough. He said he don't have no hobbies. And guess what? very disciplined. His teams are very well coached, disciplined, tough, hard nosed even when they're throwing the ball all over the field. This year was a little different. We ran it more than we threw it. But even when Jeff Brom teams are throwing it, it's creative. It's smart. You can tell he knows the game of football. His teams reflect that. You go to Michigan. What is Mi- Michigan football? What are they? They're tough. They're hard nosed They smash mouth football three yards in a cloud of dust, bullying teams, in teams. And that's why they're the number one team in the country in college football. Like teams take the identity of their head coach, Pete Carroll. During his college football days was Hollywood flash Snoop Dogg on the sidelines. Every Will Ferrell on the sidelines, Hollywood, Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart, Heisman trophies, winning points, touchdowns. They take the identity. He gets to, he gets to Seattle, same Pete Carroll. Defense, hard nose, Legion of Boom, Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Michael Bennett, Legion of Boom, tough, smash mouth football, Marshawn Lynch. Then you get Russell Wilson. Teams take the identity of their coach. And if their coach is cool, we're just narrowly escaping by the rival, the freaking rival, the freaking rival. Knowing that the rival wants to squ- smash an ant with a sledgehammer. They want to smash us with a sledgehammer. He knows that he admitted it publicly out loud. But I just want to squeak him. <laughs> I just want to squeak him by with a one point win. It's not going to cut it, bro. It's not going to cut it. It's not. It's not. And it'll never be okay. And. It'll never be okay. Man, this is tough, y'all. This is tough. When we're going to go to break, we come back from break. Even though this is tough, this is what we're going to have to deal with, with, I think, at least the rest of the year for now. And that's just not what I think. That is essentially what Josh Hurd said to Eric Crawford on friday morning you're listening to the victory formation sports show with jeff lightsey jr we'll be right back after the break looking for a rewarding career
0: one that empowers you to serve your community change lives and reach your fullest potential become a correctional officer for the kentucky department of corrections and earn up to 28 dollars 30 cents an hour with great benefits help create a better safer kentucky Apply today for a correctional officer position in your community at careers.ky.gov. That's careers.ky.gov. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating
1: and Cooling. Looking for extra cash this holiday season? You can make competitive pay as a day shift warehouse worker at UPS Worldport right here in Louisville. Learn more and apply today at UPSJobsKY.com. That's UPSJobsKY.com.
0: You're listening to the Victory Formation Sports Show right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now,
1: here's your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr. And welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Victory Formation Sports Show. I am your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr. Don't forget, you can follow me on the X, AKA Twitter, at JLightsey7. That is where we have a ton, a ton, a ton of great dialogue with the family. Olive Card Nation, and anybody that just likes to hear these thoughts that I get off my head. Now, on VX, aka Twitter, we had Eric Crawford breaking some news to us on Friday. So, I knew that Josh Hurd had to make a decision, you know, whether you think it's good or bad, right or wrong. uh, Something had to come out on Friday. I didn't know who he was going to use. I didn't know if he was going to call a press conference. I know what form of media or what form of outlet, what outlet he was going to choose and what direction he was going to go. But he had to say something about the future of Kenny Payne because there's just been too much chatter over the last few weeks about whether he's going to get fired, whether he's going to stay, blah, 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 blah. We as a fan base and as supporters needed clarity and he gave it to us. He gave us at least somewhat of that clarity on Friday morning. So on Friday morning, Eric Crawford of WDRB, Posted an article and in the in the headline, it says straight up, Josh Hurd says Kenny Payne ain't going nowhere. They didn't say that, but it it basically laid out that Kenny Payne will be the head coach of Louisville going into the new year. Why is that uh, significant? Why is that relevant? Well, it's relevant because. uh, Kenny Payne, you know, Louisville has. From the time the Kentucky game was played Thursday night, they don't play again until January 6th where they start conference play against Virginia. And so essentially you have two weeks to if you were going to make a change to implement that change or if you're going to stick by Kenny Payne, it looks like you're going to stick beside him the whole year. Now, this is how I feel. So after the Arkansas State game, Josh Hurd was in attendance for that game. I was in attendance for that game. I thought this was over. I was like, "Oh, this is over," because the the booing was loud. The stadium was the arena was not filled, and it just was. The optically, it looked like the end. Optically, that doesn't mean it is the end, but optically, it looked like, "Oh, this is over," like this this is over. Then they had the Pepperdine game. Oh, and and then on top of Arkansas State, the actual results on the court the the whole Koran Davis fiasco. So, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, this is over. Like, I don't know if he walks out of this stadium with a job. That's how I felt. This is just how I felt after the Arkansas State game. Coran Davis, the loss, just all bad. Then Pepperdine happened, and the talks kind of simmered. They kind of simmered. It just wasn't like Pepperdine. I don't know if Pepperdine would win the state championship in the state of Kentucky playing basketball with their college team, but nonetheless – you know, people weren't, early, I mean, they weren't feeling that Pepperdine win. It is what it is. Pepperdine's a bad team. But the vibe seemed to have changed. Like, the vibe. I'm not saying from y'all, because yeah, trust me, I was listening to Diener and was listening to different shows, uh, Ennis, Strebel, everybody's shows in the text line, and y'all were still going in. At the same time, I was like, hmm, you didn't fire him at that Arkansas State game. I don't know if a firing is taking place. I just didn't feel it. This is not sourcing. This is not me talking to anybody. It's just what I felt. Because Arkansas State felt like the pinnacle. It was like, I don't know if you could get much lower than that. You lose to DePaul. You lose to Arkansas State. They were up 20 at one point. I was like, yeah, this is like rock bottom. This is below rock bottom. You had the the John Fanta rant that was on my Twitter. Uh, Just, it was all bad. And so I was getting the vibe after leaving the Kentucky game. It's like, I think they're going to keep him the rest of the year. When you listen to him talk, Coach Payne, as crazy as some of those statements that I was reading in the fir- before the break, he doesn't sound like a man when he speaks who thinks his job is on the line. Even when he was asked, do he think his job is on the line? He was like, why would it? Almost like, why would it? when we see the results we see all the other stuff off the court but you know he, he didn't sound like a man who had been speaking to Josh Hurd or that saw the end and so I left that Kentucky game thinking oh he's going to be the coach the rest of the year I said Josh Hurd and my, these were two things I said Josh Hurd's going to have to make a decision on Friday you can't wait can't let this linger and but I left thinking like that decision will be I think to let him rock out the rest of the year and then Eric Crawford's story comes out and says that he is going to be the head coach, at least going into the new year. Now, let me read directly from Eric Crawford's article. I don't want to just, you know, just kind of, cause I do a lot of like, this is essentially giving you my version of what I heard or what I read, but I'm actually read from this because these, this quote from Josh heard was, um, These quotes were were significant. The first one, it says on Friday morning, Heard said his piece publicly, quote, Kenny and I have had a number of conversations throughout the last week, and Kenny is going to serve as our head coach as we move into the new year, Heard said. The quote continues, and I'm going to do what I do with every one of our programs, which is evaluate what's happening throughout the season. So, yeah, I mean, that that tells me that he's sticking here because it, here, here's why I think he's sticking here the rest of the year. Obviously, that says going into the new year, but you're like, well, Jeff, what if they get blown out run out the doors like the attendance is not going to get any better? True. What if they get their doors blown off by a couple of these ACC teams? Oh, that that may happen. You might have some 18 to 21 to 23, 25 point losses to some of these teams. I don't think it'll ever get to the 30 range. I don't think, but I think the way Brandon's playing, he can keep him alone, can keep games between, you know, 15 to 20 points, you know, nothing really too much over that. And, you know, I'm hoping that you can squeak out a couple of wins. That's just, I mean, that's just what I'm hoping. You're not going to be favored in any games moving forward besides the Notre Dame game, but that's just that's just the way it is. And getting blown getting your doors blown off by an ACC team is not nearly as embarrassing as getting your doors blown off by Depaul. It's not nearly as embarrassing as being down 20 points to Arkansas State and hearing your fans literally boo you. While Koran Davis, who quote unquote wasn't in trouble and you had to release two statements about, is in the stands next to me. Like, so nothing can be more embarrassing than that. Nothing can be more embarrassing than hearing your coach go to the podium post-UK game saying, I don't know if I can recruit against the Kentuckys and the Dukes and the North Carolinas. And, you know, Alabama got a five star Darion Thompson on Friday. Can't recruit next to them. You know what I'm and I got to keep it hush hush when I'm recruiting certain kids, whether it's in the transfer portal or high school, because I don't want the quote unquote big programs to come take them. Even though I'm at a big program like the university of Louisville, which has an athletic budget in the tens twenties and thirties and millions of dollars. So nothing can be more embarrassing than that. Right? So getting beat by 20 points by Duke, that's not embarrassing compared to that stuff. Getting beat by 15 points at Virginia or 17 points to North Carolina, or you know, Georgia Tech, who's coming up maybe a eight, eight, six, seven, eight point loss to Georgia Tech and Damon Stuttermeyer. None of that is embarrassing compared to these comments I've heard, compared to the DePaul game, compared to the Arkansas State game, hell, compared to the damn Kentucky Wesleyan game. None of that stuff's embarrassing. So, I'm saying all of that to say if he's evaluating throughout the season. The worst of the worst to me when it comes to just embarrassment has already passed. Like the worst of the worst. Like I don't think now I could be totally wrong. Here's the thing. I could be totally wrong. Could be absolutely a hundred percent positively, totally wrong about all these things that I'm saying because every time coach Kenny Payne goes to the podium, I'm just like, "Eh, he says something worse. Something guy, he always says something I've never heard before, but not in a good way. It's like always something that I've never heard. And it's worse than the thing before that I had never heard. So this not being able to recruit with some of the quote unquote big programs. I don't think you can say anything worse than that. But I could be wrong. (laughs) Like I could be wrong. And I'm leaving that out there. And I just want you guys to understand. I am a Louisville fan. Hell, I am a KP fan. I just want whoever's going to help my Team, my university, my program succeed. I just want whoever that guy is. I'm going to be a kid. I'm going to be a Louisville fan. I was a Louisville fan before Kenny Payne. I'm going to be one to die hard after Kenny Payne. But this shit, this stuff hurts. It hurts, man. It really, really does. I saw a, a thread, a tweet posted by my, my buddy, man, a guy I watched. I'll be watching the games with at the, at the arena. When he comes, he don't always come. I don't mean to call him out like that. Ty Baldwin, you know, he's the owner and runner of L Rivals on the Yahoo Network. He posted a picture of him as a small child at a Louisville game at Freedom Hall. With a Taekwondo Dean poster, it says it has the big number three. It says, Dean, I'm assuming it was on senior night. It says, thanks for the memories. Him as a child, someone captured this. It It was an awesome picture. And it says, my childhood was Louisville basketball. I saw plenty of young kids in Louisville gear last night who may never experience what I did growing up, get it fixed. And under his tweet was a bunch of people talking about their childhood experiences, how they became Louisville fans, how fun it is, how fun it was, how great it is to be a fan in this community of this team, of this program at times. It's frustrating at times as well but the memories that are attached to this program, to this university, but specifically basketball. I don't know what it is, but it's something about the Louisville basketball. Louisville football and Jeff Brom is building a brand, and we're going to talk about that here in a second. But there's something about Louisville basketball. I guess it's because it spans so many years. It spans all the way back to the late 70s, early 80s. It spans with all-time greats that come from the city of Louisville like the Wesley Coxes and the Daryl Griffiths and the Larry O'Bannons and the etc cetera, et And the guys that live in this community still to this day, like a Milt Wagner, like a Peyton Siva. I, th- I think it's why it tugs on the heartstrings of a lot of people. You see our buddy, our former intern, Patrick Ryan says, when I was seven years old at the national championship game, fell in love with it. Current freshmen in college. Haven't seen a tournament win since sixth grade. Or appearance since eight. They haven't seen a tournament appearance since they were eight years old. Kids that are freshmen in college. Is that what he's saying? Nah, it ain't been that long. They haven't won a game since 2015. So, yeah, they haven't won a a tournament game since 2015. Wow. I guess he is right. Oh my God. It's crazy. This is tough, man. This is rough. Like, this is rough. And so you you compound the fact that all of that stuff isn't Kenny's fault, but then you compound the fact that he's talking like he can't compete with the Kentuckys of the world, the Dukes of the world, the North Carolinas of the world. That's like a stab in the heart. It is. Point blank, period. So, you know. Uh, we got to take another break. And after the break, we're going to talk, man, something more positive, man. We're going to talk about football because by the time i talk to you guys again we will be holiday bowl champions over usc so i gotta talk about i'm not gonna break down the game because usc has so many guys that are not playing i'm just gonna talk about what i want to see from louisville what you expect to see during this game in san diego on december 27th in the holiday bowl you're listening to the victory formation sports show with jeff lightsey jr right here on 93.9 the ville
0: tired of jumping from job to job Keep working, keep going, and keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. Listening to the Victory Formation Sports Show right here on 939 The Ville. Now,
1: here's your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr. And welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Jeff Lightsey Jr. This is the Victory Formation Sports Show right here on 939 The Ville. Don't forget, you can follow me on all social media platforms. It's at JLightsey7, at JLIGHTSY, the number seven. On YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, the X, AKA Twitter, and everywhere, because that's where we have, we continue the conversation on the X. Now, like I said before the break, it's no point in me scouting and telling you what to expect from USC because, quite frankly, I don't know what to expect from USC. All I know that USC's head coach is Lincoln Riley. I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Caleb Williams has uh, declared for the draft, opted out of the game. Their five-star freshman, Malachi Nelson, has entered the transfer portal. So I have no clue who their quarterback's going to be. Their best running back has opted out of the game. He's, uh, entered, he's going to the NFL draft. The top receiver, Brendan Rice, his name was Marshawn Lloyd. The top receiver, Brendan Rice, has opted out of the game, declared for the draft. They fired their defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch. They've hired a new one. I I highly doubt he's going to help them for this game. So I have no idea anything about USC. Don't know. They had a ton of players hit the portal, Relique Brown, uh, linebackers, all kinds of stuff. So just trying to scout on what they're going to be able to do and who's actually going to be in those Trojan jerseys, have no idea. So that's why I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about Louisville <laughs> and what I want to see from the guards. So what I would like to see from the cards is that this is a time to be a launch pad into the 2024 season. Everything that Jeff Brom has done this off season so far, and it's not technically the off season yet because you, they've been prepping for a bowl game. He's had press conferences. Uh, they, they have to travel out to San Diego, but to us, it's been the offseason because you've had National Signing Day for high schoolers and you've had the transfer portal, which has been open, and you've seen Louisville garner 14 commitments, 14 and 15 commitments from the transfer portal and sign 15 players from the high school ranks. So it feels like the offseason because you already know if 30 new players is going to be on the roster in the fall of 2024. 30. You've lost some players. Nobody that garnered significant snaps except for linebacker Kim Wilson who I thought was going to be a dynamite player for the cards in 2024. Nonetheless, he's decided to move on. And what was very strange to me is that with him moving on and him being a contributor, not a starter, but a contributor, I thought he would go to a place on the same tier as Louisville, meaning maybe he ends up at Virginia tech, or maybe he ends up at NC state, or maybe he ends up at Georgia tech. Now I haven't checked. Completely in on Cam Wilson. I don't know exactly where he's going. I don't know if he's committed yet or not. But the last thing I saw was him taking a visit to UConn. That's called hustling backwards, my G. <laughs> like, it's ain't UConn basketball, men's or women's. It's UConn football. I don't even think UConn football has a conference. They're clear. They're an independent, and they're not like the Notre Dame type of independent. They are an independent because don't nobody wants them. Hate to say it like that, but that's just the truth. To me, that's hustling backwards. Nonetheless, that's his life. Anyway, speaking of the actual Louisville Cardinals, what I want to see is to use the Holiday Bowl as a launch pad into 2024, which are 30 new players and your higher expectations. Jeff Brom has taken Louisville football and put it on a national base. Jeff Brom has taken Louisville football, and I think he is about to take it to heights he's already has, to heights it's never seen before and beyond, Right. Florida State is currently in a legal battle with the ACC. They're fighting over this grant of rights thing, so nobody understands what's going to happen with Florida State moving forward. With that being said, Clemson is not taking advantage of the transfer portal. They've taken a step back. Florida State is in limbo. In Miami, I just don't trust Mario Cristobal in Miami. This is time for Louisville to become one of the top dogs in a power five conference or now power four conferences since the PAC 12 is dissolving in the ACC point blank period. And it's time to claim your stake starting with the holiday bowl against a brand, nonetheless, a crippled brand, a brand that is USC. Now they're not the UFC, USC of week one of the college football season, but damn it. They still USC. They are still the team that's going to be lined up against Louisville on December 27th at the Holiday Bowl. And I don't just want Louisville to win the game because I think it's, I mean, to me, it's clear that we're going to win. I'm not, I don't want to get too confident, but I think it's its pretty evident with all the opt-outs and transfers and guys that aren't playing. And the fact that USC is, even with all of those guys playing, USC only had a 7-5 and five record. Like they're not that good of a team with all with all of those guys. Now, you strip them of all those guys, including the Heisman Trophy winner and Caleb Williams. They're really not that good, I don't think. And Louisville was still a 10-win ACC championship game appearance team. And I just don't want to beat USC. I want to make a statement by stomping USC. And you have a chance to. That's not to say that you will, but you definitely have the chance. I also want to see... What that quarterback room looks like for multiple reasons. Obviously, everybody wants to see Pierce. Everybody wants to see what he's got. He was our prized recruit. I want to see what he's working with, what he's looking like after having a whole year essentially in the Jeff Brom system. Remember, Pierce Clarkson was an early enrollee. He's been with Louisville since January. It's almost January. <laughs> he's been with Louisville since January of 2020 three it's almost January 24 he's been in this system I want to see what he looks like I want to see what Brady Allen looks like and for multiple reasons not because I expect them to start now they're going to have every chance to start in 2024 but it's not because I expect them to start because you don't go get a Tyler Shuck in the transfer portal if you don't plan to play him Tyler Shuck Probably you can pencil, I'm not seeing permanent marker or etch it in stone, but pencil him as the day one, week one starter. But what you also need to pencil, once again, not etch it in a stone and knock on wood because I don't wish injury on nobody, but Tyler Shuck hasn't finished a college football season in four years. Over the course of the last three years, Tyler Shuck has not finished the season. He has missed at least five games. And Ben had a season ending injury the last three years, including 2023, where he had a season-ending injury early in the year where he had to miss nine games. He missed nine games this year. He's been in college a long time, but technically hasn't played a lot of football. I mean, those are just the facts. And so that goes into my point why I need to see the young guys play in this holiday bowl. Because, one, USC's defense is trash. Let's call it what it is. It's trash with the full-time starters being there. Now, with some of those full-time starters either in the portal or headed to the NFL, they're going to be extra trash. (laughs) I mean, that's just how I feel. And so let me see what Pierce is working with. Pause. Let me see what Brady Allen is able to do. Let me see if you're a Harrison Bailey fan. I'm not the biggest Harrison Bailey fan, but if you think Harrison Bailey is that guy, let me see it. Let me see it. I want to see it. I want to see it because the way you guys are killing it, you killed it on the field. With 10 wins, like I predicted, pat on the back, little pat on the back. I said they'd have 10 wins by the end of the 2023 season, and they had 10 wins in 11 games. Nonetheless, they're still stuck at 10 wins after 13 games. Get that 11th win. Let me see those QBs. Make a statement by punching USC in the freaking teeth and use that as a launch pad to claim your stake as the best team, not one of the best, but the best team in the ACC in 2024 because the crown is there for the taking. But as the great Omar once said in the wire, you come for the king, you best not miss. This is a chance for Jeff Brom to become the king of the ACC. And you use this holiday bowl as that launch pad to say, hey, with Florida State in limbo, you know, they're literally in a $130 million lawsuit with the ACC. They're suing each other, suit lawsuits, countersuits, all of that stuff. So we don't know what's happening with Florida State. Clemson has taken a step back. They're still extremely talented, but they, like Kenny Payne, don't know how to work the transfer portal. They just don't believe in it. I think it's like against their religion or something. I don't know what's going on with Clemson, but they don't use the portal, and so they, they're they just they're not going to be able to maximize what they once were without using the portal. That's the new day and age of college football. That's just how it works, Clemson. But, hey, keep keep being dizzy and not knowing how to use it. That's cool. Miami, super talented. I don't believe in their coach. Point blank, period. I just don't believe in them. I don't believe them. I like our coach over their coach. They may have higher star rankings than us. They may technically, quote unquote, recruit better than us. I just like our coaches' coaching ability and development skills over theirs. Their coach has a ton of talent, a ton of NFL talent at Oregon, at Miami. Never seemed to come to complete fruition, so I'm good on him. So that leaves us. That leaves us to really take this thing to the next level in 2024. And I believe Brom sees it too. I think he sees it. I think he sees, yo, I'm going to win now. Not next year. Not let this cake bake, as y'all keep telling me, quote unquote, gotta let the cake bake, gotta let the cake bake. Man, to hell with that. I'm trying to win right now. And I'm going to win right now. And watch me do it. Year one, 10 wins. Year two, talking college football, playoff, and not just as a 12 seed. Nah, dog. I'm, I'm coming from one of them top four seeds. I'm coming for a top four, top five seed. I'm trying to host a playoff game. I'm trying to have a playoff game over here at l and Cardinal Stadium. That's what I'm trying to do, and he's recruiting like it. Jacory Ph- Brooks, Alabama transfer, put up numbers, was a starter at Alabama. Colin Lacey, 1,100 receiving yards last year. Over 2,000 yards the last two years at South Alabama, one of the top slot receivers in the portal here at Louisville. Tyler Shuck can play, just got to stay healthy. Is a baller. Four tight ends, including Isaiah Cummins being one of the latest ones. Blake Ruffin, FCS All-American DB said he wants him to play like Cameron Kelly. I'm coming for the title now. I'm not waiting. And I might fall short. Here's the thing. I might fall short. But one thing you will none of us will be able to say about coach from in that football program is that they aren't trying. Is that they aren't putting 100% effort behind winning a championship. And that's not to say that they will. That's not to say that they won't fall short. But one thing that we know as a fan base is they're putting every single thing, tangible things, into winning that championship. And that's all you can ask for as a fan base. That's literally all you can ask for as a fan base. And we're watching it come to fruition. And they're using all their resources. Got to throw this in there. Shout out to the 502 Circle. The 502 circle is Louisville football's best friend right now. A lot of those recruits are coming to Louisville because, I mean, they're coming to Louisville because they want to play for Jeff Brom. They want to play for a championship. They want to play in LN Stadium. They want to play in front of you. They want to hear you wearing their jerseys and buying their merch and supporting them as a fan base. But they also don't mind taking a couple dollars here and there, too. You know, getting paid for their services, too. And the 502 circle is working their tail off with all type of events and all type of things that are mutually beneficial for the player, for the university, and for the fan. For the player, for the university and the program, and for the fan. It's a big circle. It all works together. You get a player that comes to Louisville, that shows out, that does what he's supposed to do on the field, that benefits the university and the program, right? That makes them money. That experience brings euphoria to the fan who's paying top dollar to go to these games, who's paying money for parking, for beverages, for food and concessions, for the tickets. And guess what they'll do? They'll and not only give that money to the, to the program for those parking, the, the, the food, the concessions, the tickets, they'll then also donate to the 502 Circle, who helps get the player, and the cycle starts all over again. It starts all over again. It's mutually beneficial for everyone. We as fans love it. Us in the media love it because I'm on here bragging about tight ends. I'm on here bragging about tight ends. Pause that's coming to the University of Louisville. I get excited every time I see a committed graphic come across or I see a Let's Play football GIF put out by Brady Brom. get excited about that. I much rather be talking about positive things when it comes to Louisville. Because at the end of the day, I'm a fan. Yeah, I cover. Yeah, I get a couple of people to make a couple of phone calls to me. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm a fan at the end of the day, man. And when they're winning, I'm winning. Period. When they're losing, I'm losing too. Is this the truth? Okay. Look at my Siri. I don't know Siri. We ain't trying to talk to you. Chill out. Check it out. So that is that's how I feel, man. And what's so crazy is that the 502 circle is just getting started. It's just getting started because when that basketball thing takes off like it's like it's going to. We're not going to be in the dumps for forever. It's not going to be a dumpster fire forever. When that basketball program really gets to popping again. Y'all think the 502 circle is doing something now because football, let's be honest, as much as football is the most popular sport in America and college football is more popular than college basketball in the grand scheme of thing in America, here in the city of Louisville in the state of Kentucky, basketball is King basketball is King. Let's, let's be real. And in this NIL cycle, our basketball team has stunk the whole duration of NIL. It's, it's been a stinker. So we really haven't seen our NIL, the 502 circle, hit its pinnacle. 502 circle is just scratching the surface because Brom is only one year in, and our basketball still stinks. But when Brom gets to year two, three, and four, and he starts racking up these wins, start off 10-3 first year, probably finish 11-3 first year, year one, 11 wins. And basketball comes out of the dumpster. This nil thing here is woo! It's really gonna take off. It's just getting started because the real money bit the the real money is gonna come from basketball because people here really love basketball. And when the basketball program is doing starts to do what it's supposed to do, what it's where it's supposed to be at, yeah, that five hundred two circle is really, really, really going to be in a place that it just. It can't reach without basketball doing its, you know, holding its end of the bargain. And I think that's going to come here soon. That's all I have for you today. Thank you guys and ladies for tuning in to the Victory Formation Sports Show. I am your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr. from executive producer James Black. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget you can listen each and every single Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And we will see you next time. Peace.